Well, good morning. Um, for those who don't know, I'm Pastor Devin. Uh, it's good to be here with you. I want to give you an update because I was uh, in that picture uh, at winter camp. And I got to be there with, with our teenagers here and beyond and across our association to support other pastors who were there because other pastors who are there are there all weekends. And their congregations are then, um, you know, tending to themselves back at home while their pastor is there at winter camp. And so although I could have stayed, I could have stayed at winter camp, and believe me, other than having to not sleep in my own bed, I would have preferred to stay at winter camp. But here's the reason I'm here, and I think it's important for you to realize and to know. I am here because God did not release me to release this message to anyone else. Oh, I prayed. I prayed that God would, would, would give me someone in mind to say, here is who uh, I, I want to bring this message to you. And my prayers were left, not empty, but were left with, Devin, this, you, are who I prepared to share this message to the congregation this morning. And as we dive into this, this series of pursuit in this Lent season, um, we, we are gonna be following in this, uh, in this journal and, and the scriptures we'll be reading today is, as Pastor Elmer already read uh, Psalm 25, we're gonna be looking at these scriptures. And the idea of this, what's in this journal is, is Monday through Saturday is the Moravian Daily Text. It's on our website and that's here in this booklet. And you can read the, the three passages, the, the Old Testament, the New Testament, and the, and the Psalm all through this, this journey towards Resurrection Sunday. And then on Sunday, the verses kind of change because you're gonna be, read, uh, it's a reading plan up Monday through, Monday through Saturday, but when Sunday comes around, Sunday is a different reading plan. Sunday is following the, it's called the Revised Common Lectionary. You could look it up and, and they have a three-year plan. I give all this to you, not to overwhelm you, overwhelm you with information, but to be uh, um, open and transparent, here is what we are following in our reading plan in Scripture. We do believe here at C3 that diving into the Word, getting into the Word, reading it, encountering God's Word, letting the Holy Spirit speak to us, what is God revealing to us in His Word, we believe that is a tenant, a foundation for us as a Christian and as a, as a body of Christ. And so through Monday through Saturday, it's the Moravian text. It's a reading plan that just follows the, you'll be following the stories as it go in, 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 the, in, the, in the rhythm of Scripture. And then on Sundays, it's a revised common lectionary. And they put this, this lectionary out, which is a reading plan, essentially, but not necessarily from like Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, you know, it doesn't follow necessarily that pattern. But they put these Scriptures together to invite us into his word and to invite us to explore and to experience what it is God is sharing with us. And so there'll be an Old Testament passage and there'll be a New Testament passage and there'll be uh, a passage from the epistles, the letters, the letters of Paul and, and Peter and others, James. Uh, and so there'll be a letter, uh, a reading from one of the letters in there. There'll also be a reading from the Psalm or a proverb in there as well. And so we're going to cover four of those, right? We're going to cover, um, we're going to cover an Old Testament. That's Genesis. We're going to co cover the New Testament. That's Mark, or the Gospels, I mean. That's Mark. We're going to cover an epistle, a letter, and that's First Peter. And then we're going to be looking at the Psalm, as uh, Pastor Elmer has already read. And so this morning, we're going we're gonna to get all of them. Not every Sunday we're going to hit all, all four of those scriptures, but this morning we are. This morning we're going to dive in and see how the, what the connection is in there. And my hope is that as we walk through this morning, that throughout the Lent season, as you read the scripture that's offered in this, the reading plan, if you're going to follow that, that you ask the question, what are the connections here, God? 
What are you inviting me into that I haven't experienced or, or seen or known before? And, and open my eyes to see and to hear and to, and to understand, to discern what you're inviting me into as I read these scriptures um, for the day. And so, uh, if you're like me, you've, you've opened this up, you've read, you've read this, and you've made some notes. And um, my note I, I read on the, or I made on the first one was, um, intention with our attention. And this is a quote from Devin LeBaron he put on when we, we posted this, we have these journals available. Is that we want to be intentional with where my attention is. Where is my attention and, and, and who has it first? When I wake up in the, in the morning, is it, is it the news of the day? Is it social media? Or is it God's word that I'm desiring for my attention to be focused on so it will help uh, focus me in what he's leading me into? One of the things we have on, online is our, uh, like I said, daily, um, Raven daily text, but also in the, in the, in the first part is the, is the, the prompt, the bread. Um, and so it's be still, read, encounter, apply, and devote. And so within our, our, our online platform for our reading plan, there's a drop-down menu to see as you follow along in the passage, to be intentional with where your attention's at. And so as we, uh, again, on Sundays, use this for Revised Common Lectionary, uh, I, want, I want us to all be aware, this is what God is inviting us into. And so God's pursuit of humanity is evidence of his relentless love for us. And as, as I have combed through this Revised Common Lectionary pattern, what, I, what has stood, up, stood out to me is that God pursues us. He pursues humanity, he pursues relationship with us. Over and over again through scripture, we see God giving good things and then offering more. We see a God who desires redemption, restoration, and relationship with his children. This is a God who can be trusted. The resurrection is one part of the story made more powerful when we understand in light of the entire story from Genesis all the way to Revelation and beyond. Right, the, the resurrection is not the end of the story, but it's proof that we can trust God with, with the, his story that he's writing and our story that he's writing in our hearts and our lives. So this Lent season, we focus on the truth that we serve a trustworthy God who relentlessly pursues us with his love. It's too easy to get to Easter and praise God and, 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 for, and celebrate and, and all the greatness and Resurrection Sunday. It's a wonderful time of celebration. But we have got to get through this season of Lent. This season of Lent prepares our heart to celebrate in a kind of way that, that honors and worships a God who is trustworthy. And so we're going to read Psalm 25 again, but out of the ERV. Do I have my reader here this morning? Are you in the room? From the window, yeah. <laughs> no? Okay, I'm gonna ask Lori to come read. Lori, can you come read? She was really hoping that my reader was here. This is out of the ERV. Every time, the easy to read version, every time we have a family service, we're gonna read the ERV. Oh, good, great. Hey, you're off the hook. <laughs> This is Annabelle. Everyone say hi, Annabelle. Hi. You're not quite awake, but it's the, um, it's the highlighted. You ready? Yeah. Okay. Do you want the table? Sure. Okay. Lord, I put in my life, I trust in you, my God, and I will not be disappointed. My enemies will not laugh at me. No one who trusts in you will be disappointed, but disappointment will come to those who try to deceive others. They will get nothing. Lord, help me learn your ways. Show me how you want, to, how you want me to live. Guide me and teach me your truths. You are my God, my Savior. 
you are the one I have been waiting for. Remember to be kind to me, Lord. Show me the tender love that you have always had. Don't remember the sinful things I did when I was young. Because you are good, Lord, remember me with your faithful love. The Lord is good and does what is right. He shows sinners the right way to live. He teaches his ways to humble He leads them with fairness. The Lord is kind and true to those who obey what he said in the Greek. Thank you. Can we give her a hand? So a couple of things out of Psalm 25. I, in, in you, I trust, right? David writing to, to God. So something I have been um, uh, doing for a little while is praying the Psalms. When I don't have words to offer, when I wonder, my words are even good enough, I, I open up scripture, I open up the Psalms, and I start praying the Psalms in my, in my time with God and being with him. And, and, and what I have experienced and what David writes here in these Psalms, who many of them are their, their, their hymns, their, their, their songs, and their prayers is this heart cry to God, right? I trust in you, God. Lead me in your truth. And the other, the, the piece that we're gonna the, uh, focus in on this morning is this, a couple times he says, and, and Pastor Elmer brought this up as well, uh, in verse, um, in, in verse six, remember, O Lord, your compassion and your loving kindness, for they have been from old. Do not remember the sins of my youth or my transgressions. According to your loving kindness, remember me. Remember me, God. Remember me. Remember who I am and you have created me. Right? This heart cry that David offers to God. Remember me. Don't forget me. Remember me. Remember, uh, remember me with your love and compassion. Remember me. Oh, with your loving kindness, for your goodness sake, O oh Lord, remember me. Remember me and all that you've created within me and about me. One of the things that draws me to is, as, we, as we turn to Genesis chapter 9 is this idea of remembering. This isn't me, God remembering me, but it's God remembering his creation. Starting in verse uh, uh, Genesis chapter 9, starting in verse 8. Then God spoke to Noah and to his sons with him, saying, Now behold, I myself established my covenant with you, and with your descendants after you, and with every living creature that is with you, the birds and the cattle and every beast of the earth with you. Of all that comes out of the ark, even every beast of the earth, I established my covenant with you. And all, my and, and all flesh shall never again be cut off by the water of the flood. Neither shall there again be a flood to destroy the earth. God said, this is a sign of the covenant which I am making between me and you and every living creature that is with you for all successive generations. I set my bow in the cloud and, I, and, and it shall be a sign of a covenant between me and the earth. It shall come about when I bring cloud over the earth that the bow will be seen in the cloud. And I will remember my covenant, which is between me and you and every living creature of all flesh. And never again shall the water become a flood to destroy all flesh. When the, when the, bow, in the, um, when the bow is in the cloud, then I will look upon it to remember the everlasting covenant between God and every living creature of all flesh that is on the earth. 
And God said to Noah, this is a sign of the covenant which I, will, which I have established between me and all flesh that is on the earth. This idea of God remembering his people, God remembering his covenant with, with not just Noah, but all living creatures who are on the earth and the earth itself in his entire creation. God says, this bow in the sky, when I see it, that's, I, that's what will cause me to remember this covenant. It's not that when we see the rainbow in the sky, though we do now still see the rainbow in the sky after, after a rain or, or in the clouds or in the sky, we see the rainbow in the sky. It can be a reminder for us of God's covenant, but for God, when he sees the rainbow in the sky, the bow in the clouds, it is God remembering this covenant with his creation. It is God remembering Noah. It's God remembering his family. It's God remembering all that he created on the earth and saying, there, that reminder, I will never do this again. All of humanity, all of creation, all that I have put and set in place will never again be, be destroyed by the floodwaters, will never again be wiped away. I, it's God reminding Noah and all of creation, I have a, because of this bow, I have established this promise with you. I have established this covenant with you. And I will remember it when I see the bow in the clouds. It's God remembering all that he has created and why he's created, why he set it in place. And so as we turn to Mark chapter 1, we see some of these hyperlinks in, the first, in this first chapter of Mark chapter 1 in, this, in, um, in the gospel of Mark. And starting in verse 9. It says, in those days, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptized by John in the, in the Jordan. Immediately coming out of the water, he saw the heavens opening and the spirit like a dove descending upon him. And a voice came out of the heavens, you are my beloved son, in you I am well pleased. Immediately the, immediately the spirit impelled him to go out into the wilderness and he was in the wilderness for 40 days being tempted by Satan. And he was with the wild beasts and the angels, uh, uh, and he was with the wild beasts, and the angels were ministering to him. Here in the first chapter of Mark, this introduction of Jesus and his ministry of, of this baptism, he's coming to the Jordan. And this idea of this being baptized, in, this baptism in water, and coming out, we have these connections to this is something far beyond uh, these hyperlinks of Jesus' ministry starting. Everyone who reads this, everyone who sees this, who knows the Torah, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy, they see the Noahic hyperlinks in this story, right? The, the hyperlinks of Jesus being baptized in water and coming out of the water. And then a dove descending like a, a spirit coming like a dove descend, descending from the heavens right these no, noahic hyperlinks this the dove sent out from from the ark to see if the if the, the there's dry lands to be found if there is any vegetation if there's anything to be a safe to to open the doors of the ark for noah and his family to get out and to be and to be and, and for the if the waters have receded if it's safe right so the the if anybody reading this scene this noah or or uh, um Jesus being baptized into the water, immediately coming out of the water. And he saw the heavens opening up, the spirit like a dove descending upon him. And the voice of, out of the heavens, you are my beloved son. In you I am well, well pleased. Right? He's then sent into the wilderness for 40 days. Rains coming down on the ark for 40 days and 40 nights. These connections, these hyperlinks to the Noahic uh, story and the covenant that exists there between God and all of humanity. 
are existing here in Mark chapter one, these connections between not just the water and the flood waters, but the baptism of Jesus. Continuing on in verse 14. Now after John had been taken into custody, Jesus came to Galilee preaching the gospel of God and saying, the time is fulfilled, the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Church, we know the gospel to believe or to know that that is in belief in Jesus, that Jesus is the son of God, came and lived on earth, arrested, beaten, and crucified on a cross to be a sacrifice for my sins and for your sins and for all time, those who believe in Jesus would be saved through his uh, death on the cross and resurrection from, from death. That's the good news, that's the gospel, but as Jesus says this in Mark 1, that's not happened yet. Jesus hasn't gone to the cross, he hasn't been crucified, and he's not resurrected. He says this, this message here, the time is fulfilled, the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. And anyone in Jesus' time who hears this word gospel, it's good news. It's euangelion, the, the, the Greek word euangelion, of the, when a king comes into town, there's something to be, to be, uh, to be shared. There's good news to, be, to behold. You've got a king in your presence. There's good news to come as the king comes into town. This is the the proclamation, the euangelion. There is good news to be had. Jesus in Mark chapter one, as he says this, this is the start of his ministry after coming out of 40 days in the desert to be tempted by Satan to then in his ministry in Galilee say the time is fulfilled. The time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Repent and believe in the good news. There is good news in Jesus. And as he starts his ministry, he says, look, here is what I'm entering into. As you have seen me be baptized and come up out of the water, and you've seen the dove descend from heaven, the spirit descend like a dove from the heavens, you've heard the voice of God from heavens. This is my son in whom I'm well pleased. And as you know that I have been out in the desert, tempted by, by, by Satan, and I have overcome this temptation, I now bring to you a word of good news, a euangelion, a good news of what is to come in, in, in me and through me. I'm inviting you into that. Come and see, come and hear, come and believe that not only does God desire to remember his creation as we, as we see in, in Genesis with Noah, but, but also what we see is that God goes far beyond remembering us. He sends us his son. God's not, God's not just satisfied with saying, I remember you by putting a bow in the clouds. But he says, I desire to be with you and in relationship with you, and so I am going to send you my son to be with you. I'm going, God says, I'm gonna go beyond remembering you. I'm gonna pursue you in a kind of way. I'm gonna pursue you in a kind of way that you cannot ignore, that you cannot just push off and say, well, I just need to do better. I just need to follow better. I just need to follow the rules better. I just need to, to know better. God's with, with, with sending Jesus to the earth, his only son, he says, no, I'm gonna go far beyond just remembering a promise I've made, not to, not to separate or destroy the earth again with floodwaters. But I'm gonna invite my creation into knowing that I pursue them with all of me. 
I'm the kind of God who doesn't sit in heaven judging and, and, and casting out and, and, um, from afar, but I'm a kind of God who desires to be in close proximity with my creation. There is no other God on earth that we have heard about in all of history who is willing to come in that kind of proximity to his creation. If you turn your Bibles to 1 Peter chapter, 1 Peter chapter 3, we'll, we'll see this, how all of these three scriptures beforehand plays themselves out here in 1 Peter chapter 3, starting in verse 18. For Christ also died for sins once for all, the just for the unjust, so that he might bring us to God. Having been put to death in the flesh, he made alive in the spirit, in which also uh, he went and made proclamation to the spirits now in prison, who, were, uh, who once were disobedient when the patience of God kept waiting in the days of Noah during the construction of the ark, and construction of the ark in which a few, that is eight persons, were brought safely through the water. Corresponding to that, baptism now saves you. Not the removal of dirt from the flesh, but, a, but an appeal to God for good conscience through, through the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who is at the right hand of God, having gone into heaven after angels and authorities and powers have been subjected to him. First Peter wraps up these three passages, Psalm 25, Genesis 9, and Mark 1. First uh, Peter 3 wraps these all together. Christ died for the sins once and for all. The, the just sacrificing for the unjust. Meaning that, that we don't deserve. We don't deserve that sacrifice. We don't deserve that, that what Jesus has done on the cross, his death and his resurrection. And yet Jesus obediently went to the cross, obediently came to earth, uh, 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 raised up disciples, taught them, lived with them, walked with them, and eventually went to a cross, and eventually sacrificed himself for the unjust. People that a week prior were singing his praise were saved, were rescued, a week prior to Jesus' crucifixion, they thought that was the euangelion. They thought that was the good news. We're rescued, we're saved. He's, we're gonna, he's, this is the person who will overthrow this Roman oppression and Roman rule and we'll now have, our, we'll now have the promised land back. We'll be able to worship God and not have to pay taxes to Caesar. A week prior to his crucifixion, they thought that was the euangelion. They thought, they thought that was the good news. Jesus, a week later, flips it on its head. No, I have actually something more in store for all of humanity. Jesus died once for all. That's our good news. That's our euangelion. That's what we get to hold on to. That's what we get to know, that Jesus is a God, or God is a, is a God who pursues us through his son, Jesus. How do we know God pursues us with a relentless kind of love? It's through the person of Jesus. That's how we know that God pursues us with all that he is and all that he has. He desires to be in relationship with, with, his, with his creation. 
beyond just, I remember the covenant, to I'm entering into a covenant through Jesus, my son, and through him will be the way of everlasting life. Through Jesus will be eternal life, and you get to have it and partake in it right now. You don't wait to have to be into my presence in heaven. You can have eternal life right now. I am a God. He says, I am a God who is trustworthy. You can trust this story. You can trust this story. Kids, when you pick up a book in the library and you're not sure if it's true or not, this is a book, when you pick it up, this is a true story of a God who relentlessly pursues you and wants nothing more than a relationship with you. Remember back, verse 20, those who once were disobedient, when the, pra- when the patience of God kept waiting in the days of Noah, he is a patient God. He's a patient God. And if you have that poll this morning to say yes to Jesus, I want you to know that that invitation is open. The invitation to say yes to Jesus is open and today can be that day to say yes to Jesus. That door is open. He is a patient God. And he desires for salvation for each and every one of us that we no longer walk in darkness but we walk in in light and everlasting life. Church, I pray as as we've gone through these scriptures, at, at one point they might seem disconnected. But I pray this morning you have seen connection that exists all through God's word and we can trust his story. And we can trust a God who has written this story and continues to write the story in our hearts. He desires to walk with us, to be in relationship with us, to see no one perish, but for all to have everlasting life through belief and faith in Jesus Christ, his son. Let's pray. Lord God, this morning, as you call us to respond in ways that uh, are, are, are tangible, in ways that are, we can apply today, this very moment, this very minute, but also ways that we can apply, apply this in as we walk this out during the week, God. I pray that you'd speak that to our hearts right now. Lead us, God, in ways that we so need to hear from you, in ways that we need to know that you are our God and you are trustworthy. We can trust you, God. We may have come into this space, into this, into this sanctuary, wondering, God, if you are a God who, who sees what I'm going through, if you're a God who sees the, the, the darkness that I've been walking in, if you're a God who sees the pain and the hurt I have carried with me, God, I pray that there, if there are those here in this room, that they would know that you are a God who sees it all, who knows all, and so desires to be close in proximity in our everyday life, in our everyday moment, in our hearts and in our minds and in the space around. God, you are in the air that we breathe. Help us breathe more of you in this this day. In your name, amen.